0: One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I trying trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write where can it go from here. They would be able to spend more time in the woods.
1: I was losing money handling fish traffic, but I didn't
0: care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got two deferred ones, like all. This is Northern Michigan, this is what you do. Representing Trafford in a positive light.
1: I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will all be
0: fine. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes a Perfect Game magazine. There's actually some paragraphs on Perk Lennon's articles of Perk Lennon. Ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers in ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet
1: because we're
0: working ahead of time to build big trappings. If you've got variables, the same with characters, you've got mock he started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get better. Trying to set Predator tracking, trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a, a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better.
1: Hey, back in the first shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. Good to have you here. We are brought to you by Kotz Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-C-B-R-O-S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Kotz Bros has what you need to get started on the trap line or to resupply for the season, so check them out. We're brought to you by Onex Maps. Use your phone as a GPS on the trap line, mark the trap locations, run tracks, get landowner information and scout using the latest aerial imagery and oil Mink tanner you get your fur tanned by the professionals moyle.net m-o-y-l-e they produce an incredible product nice clean tanned furs that you can use to either hang on your wall preserve those memories or you can do oh, so many different things you can do with fur whether you want to make uh, mittens or hats for hat just a there's there's a wide variety of things vest even you could try the best thing uh i don't know you could go just about any direction you want with fur and there's people and companies and places that will make stuff with the fur that uh that you produce but it, the big big uh, thing there is you need to get it tanned you need to get it preserved uh, if you just leave raw fur sitting around the bugs are going to get to it it's going to go bad not a good situation so Get that fur tan, Moyle.net, use their online customer portal to get it done quicker, and check them out, yeah. Okay, guys, um, I'm recording this a little bit early, uh, because hopefully, if everything works out, meaning if my truck doesn't break down, um, I will be heading down to the Maine Trappers Association Fall Rendezvous this weekend, so that's, I think, going to be Fun. Uh, I haven't been to an MTA in quite a long time, so uh, since uh, Neil Olson's has got was canceled this summer, uh, this is kind of uh, that Neil Neil's is the New England Trappers weekend. Um, I I can only really find enough time to make it to one convention a year, and so Neil's was canceled. I thought, what the heck? I'm going to go to the MTA and check it out. So, well, uh, hopefully, if any of you guys are that listen to this are going to be there. Hopefully, I run into you and say say hi. And a lot of people said hi at Neil's. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be over and done with. So, anyway, um, let's get into the show. We have, I think this is actually episode 200, but it just shows how little attention I'm paying to that whole thing. I guess, uh, you know, I made a big celebration at 100 and did a giveaway and all that stuff. And, was thinking about doing it for 200 but it never really materialized. And I guess it makes sense. I'm not really big on holidays or birthdays or celebrations or any of that sort of thing. So um, it just is what it is. It's a number. But anyway, we, we are cranking along. Uh, lots, Lots and lots of material there. If you've just stumbled upon the podcast more recently you can go back and listen to all 199 other episodes there's plenty of listening uh material there there's a lot of good information there's a lot of me stumbling around trying to find the right words and um, and all that stuff so um, and I still do a lot of that but I'm hopefully getting a little better but anyway yeah we'll see what the future holds with the podcast I'll probably wind things down a little bit at some point but, uh, yeah, I get a lot of, a lot of feedback from guys when I just mentioned that it might possibly go away or at least go to a, a less frequent thing. And, uh, yeah, it was an emotional thing for some people. So, um, it's good to hear that people are listening and enjoying the podcast. Now, if everybody wants to pay a couple bucks for every episode, I could, uh, do this forever, but that's just not a reality right now. So, um. Podcasts are generally free and paid for with advertising dollars, so what it takes is more ears, more people listening. So spread the word if you know of other trappers who might uh, benefit from the podcast or might be interested in it. Love to have them on board. Alright, in this episode I interviewed Alex from Wisconsin. Alex is just a regular, average, everyday trapper like you and me. He is a farmer in the summertime, traps during the off-season. He's primarily focused on raccoons and muskrat. He talks about his coon trapping and how it's, it's primarily geared now towards animal damage control work because the coon prices are so poor that people are actually you know, helping pay the gas money to, to get him coon trapping on their farms. And so uh, it it was interesting to hear that he has a lot of experience using dog proof traps. So I learned a lot from that, talking about that. And then later on in the season, he does some under ice muskrat trapping. So that was, uh, it's another. Alex from Wisconsin. Good to have you on.
0: Thanks. Good to talk to you.
1: All right. So you are, you said you're in South Central, part of Wisconsin, and uh, like Correct. me, you, you do a lot of farming. You're more full-time uh, kind of farmer. I'm, I'm more of a after-work kind of farmer. Uh, but uh, you do uh, quite a bit of trapping in the off-season or during trapping season.
0: Correct. And like I said, between uh, the summer there, I mow lawns for people too. And in between, I got 200 head of Holstein cattle here and do some cash crop and everything else. And in between... In between all the projects, I like to do some trapping, so I, I'll try to hit it hard as I can for what I got for time. Yeah, how'd you get started trapping? So, uh actually, my grandpa kind of got me into it. Um, started, and I think the first year I caught caught anything worthwhile was about 1998, probably or 99. And uh, yeah, my grandpa got me into it. My dad never did it grandpa got me and my brother into it um took chapter education in 98 i think and then i started shortly thereafter i actually got my first uh first slip from FERS to napa but that wasn't until didn't have enough things to send there until 2004 i still got all my slips over the years
1: (laughs) you kept them huh
0: yeah kind of neat to follow that through the years for sure so, so 2000, 2004, you could probably say I started, you know, decently amount. So,
1: I'm guessing, did you, when you started off, uh, when you first got trapping, I'm guessing you, you were on your main farm.
0: Correct. Yeah, I was just when I first got started, I was just trapping our. Well, we got two farms here. I was just trapping those, just to kind of, kind of got started a little bit bigger because when you're combining corn in the fall, you see a lot of it knocked over by raccoons. And it kind of all took off from there, and this, that, and the other, you know? Yeah.
1: Do you remember the first animal you trapped? A raccoon. Yeah. So,
0: surprisingly, it wasn't a possum, but...
1: <laughs> what kind of a set was it?
0: Uh, it was actually uh, <laughs> one of them, uh, kind of a goofy thing. One of them, they called them the black wool, I think. It was a one-and-a-half coil spring that they put this little, uh, like a... Before the dog poofs came out, this is kind of what they had, kind of like a first imitation of a dog poof. So they put a like a circle tube inside of a one and a half, and there's a trigger in the bottom, and they yep. had to kind of pull it up to set it off. I think are... it was called the black hole. Okay, I've seen those before yeah. somewhere. I actually bought I actually bought a dozen rolls when I first started. Okay. I was kind of, I mean, those are long gone now, but that was that was what made things happen. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> so oh. uh, 2004. That was your kind of your first uh, your first big line. Well, I
0: started I started using those things in like 98, 99, and then 2004 is when I finally bought myself a couple of dog proofs, I believe, about that year. Maybe it was five or six. Then I started you know buying actual. And then I got some, you know, in Wisconsin here, we can't use 220s, we gotta use 160s. So that's a little bit of a struggle for, our, we got some pretty good sized raccoon here. Mm-hmm. So, but I made do with what I had to do. Yeah. Did a lot of, actually, to be honest, they did a lot of cage traps too. There's a lot of people around here, a lot of pets and stuff, and they said, oh yeah, you trap raccoons all you want, as long as you use a cage trap. So, then when the dog hoops really took off, I really, I bet that opened really a lot of
1: it. opportunities for
0: you, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it did.
1: Yeah. That's good. So no. you're... Yeah,
0: I've been I've been going with the dog tools ever since they kind of came out. I think I started with them. I think they call them coon cuffs or something. Yes. There's another some odd thing. Yeah. It's amazing how the technology came
1: through yeah, years and Yeah, old. there was just one model at the time, and then all of a sudden yeah, everybody was... figured out that, wow, we can make these yeah. and sell a bunch of them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I wish I could look back and see the exact year, but I don't remember. It might have been 2004 or five when I started with those and then went to the little grizz and all that when that came out and just kept going from there, you know? Yeah.
1: Now, uh, your trap line today, uh, what is, is it mainly dog-proof still, or, ha- or have you transitioned? Uh, I
0: would say it's probably 80% dog-proof. Uh cage traps where i have to and then i you know i'll never turn down a good trail for a 160 if i can get it in there right yep yep oh so, right, otherwise yeah mostly mostly dog proofs due to trapping a lot of abandoned barns and stuff like that and
1: always cats a, and dogs
0: do you have a preferred model of the dog proofs i actually switched to exclusively the z trap now due to the staking system uh we get a lot of the freeze-thaw conditions, and it gets a little soft. But the way the stake is, you just jam it in farther. And if it's hard, actually in freezing ground, take like a little, carry my cordless drill with a, uh, like a cement bit, and it's the size of that rod, I think it's three-eighths, drill a hole about three inches deep, and I just buy the real cheap salt from the dollar store, sprinkle a little bit of that in there, and then put the stake in there. You don't have to worry about the trap freezing in, and then they, sorry, they'll wring their feet off. Yeah. So that works out pretty good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I learned that trick. Several years back I tried that and otherwise the problem is they freeze in the ground and you come up to coons and the trap would still be in the ground. But well, that's not really ethical yeah, way of yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah,
1: your swivel can't work very well that
0: <laughs> No, nothing really works. So I had a I had to come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. They also got these uh um I do have a few I did buy a few Freedom brand F B ones at the time because of the, they had a stake you could weld onto a drag or a bracket you could weld onto a drag. Mm-hmm. And I could get by with a drag and that bracket on there and freezing ground and not have to worry about it. But now that I figured out that that's all I use. Just I could keep it all the same for muscle memory and well exactly it seemed that, to work good. Yeah,
1: that's why I was curious because you know, you if you have a six or eight different models then you gotta yeah you got to re like think about how you're setting each one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I did for a while. I tried them all. <laughs> yeah. And you I, don't have I, any rules some...
1: on like whether it has to be a push trigger or pull trigger or anything.
0: No, we don't have that. All the Z-chaps are a push pull trigger. No, we don't have no no regulation for that, so That's good. I, I like I said I don't really know if the push pull gives you much advantage that I've noticed, but the staking system is what sold me on it
1: um what do you like to use for bait in
0: those uh early season i'll start out with uh actually just dry cat food and i mix it with uh sometimes i use a little bit of just uh fish oil or it's kind of i found out the key is to put something in there that they uh they want to eat and that they'll keep eating if they have a bad taste um things don't go so well okay i actually uh uh, about six seven years ago i set up trail cameras in front of some of these experimenting a little bit and i uh, learned learned a lot
1: that year i bet you did it, you know yeah it, actually it, it, what amazes me the most is how much they can stick their hands in those traps and not fire them
0: that's what i was just gonna say i always thought it was mice cleaning them out you put a trail camera in front of it you'll find out that it's more coon than mice yeah that's why I started with the trail cam. I was getting very frustrated and now I actually well now I actually put a put a piece of rubber hose over the trigger too, which made a huge difference. And I think they can feel something soft that, and I think they try a little harder to get it out. Yeah.
1: can you explain that a little better? I can't visualize that.
0: Okay. So you got the trigger in there, it's just a crossbar trigger kinda of deal on the Z traps. Yeah. And I just stick like a piece of uh fuel line rubber hose on there. It fits nice and tight, so it's not metal trigger, so it's oh, okay. rubber fuel. Okay, not big
1: like a garden hose, just a yep a fuel line
0: hose. Yeah, right. just a small piece of, like, fuel line, or you can... oh, you know, they got these things they call coon grabbers or something. You can stick iron yeast there. Anything helps. It just gives Anything better. Something to... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I noticed that made a big
1: difference, too. Cool. That's, so a, that's every, really neat. Every,
0: every single one of mine has rubber on it all. Okay. So... That, that that really changed things. Started, numbers really started going up for the same amount of traps I had out once I switched to rubber and learned a few tricks along the way. Yeah. But then as you get into later season, I still use dry cat food, but I actually mix it with uh, uh Clint Locklear makes a Federales bait solution. And uh, mix up some dry cat food with that and uh, works really good later it gets
1: so it gives uh, it a little more calling one more calling
0: power yeah yeah actually when it starts freezing quite well at night switch right to like a predator pace bait even okay so it seems like you know the more meaty and fishier your goal later it gets start out real sweet and then kind of transition as it goes so you can just kind of tell you know you just kind of tell as the season goes on you know, the weather starts getting well really cold at night i'll start switching now, do you, oh. do you
1: during your season does it get cold to where the coons will go to sleep and den up for a while? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh Usually you got until December first and then it really starts They'll really you'll your catches are really going to start dropping. Yeah. So, you can still get, you know, you get them good warm. You get a warm week in December, you do good or but definitely definitely by Christmas time things are going to start slowing down for you. Oh. now on those which is too bad
1: i know because yeah, in the fur it seems like when
0: yeah fur, fur gets better and that's when i got yeah that's when i got more time
1: <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah. yeah huh
0: trying to do all this between doing corn and everything and actually with my brother we do some custom combining too and trying to get all that snuck in the schedule gets to be a little bit of a problem so I always like I always like rain days. Those are my favorite days for trapping because I got all day to do it then. <laughs> yeah, you're you're so. pretty much the farm work
1: is, is shut off. Yeah, for a
0: while. yeah. Feed yeah. the feed the cattle in the morning. And I got all day to go trapping, so nice. kind of like that.
1: <laughs> now with those so. DPs, I know some people like to uh, put like a golf ball or something on the uh, uh, on the t- on the entrance of it to.
0: Uh, yeah. Do you I've, do, you do uh, any of that? Um. Yeah, I always set them in the ground at like a 45-degree angle or, you know, maybe a little less if I'm going to use a golf ball. I do use a lot of – actually, where I mow lawns, I mow a lot of lawn right alongside of a golf course, so I get a lot of golf <laughs> balls for free. Nice. And, uh And um, the main time I use golf balls is if they're calling for heavy rains. Okay. There's that cat who gets all mushy in there and mucky. If they're calling for a lot of big rains, I try and tip it up a little bit farther so the golf ball stays on, and that really does seem to help. I've used, like, those paper Dixie cups, but I don't like to leave all that crap yeah. lay on the woods.
1: Right, right. And oh. and that must – those covers must help keep the mice out too, huh?
0: Yeah, they do. Like I said, once i figured out that most of the problem wasn't from the mice, you know, you don't get as frustrated that way. Yeah. So – um, but yeah, no, I mean, here is my, don't get me wrong, but it's not as bad as I originally thought. Yeah. So once you, so once you hook up a couple of trail cam videos, you catch on real quick. Yeah. That That's do- amazing how you can get in and out of there without setting that off. Yeah.
1: I, I'm always fascinated by it. Cause I think a lot of the people that use dog proofs and catch a lot of coon, there are areas where they have tons of coon. and people they, they yeah. act like oh this is really simple but I, for a guy like me you know during our trapping season basically half it doesn't we only have a few days usually and then it's so cold the coons are denned up and so we don't or we have a foot of snow on the ground and that that uh, yeah. shuts them down we, we just don't have a lot of chance to get experience with them and so my dp experience is almost zero that's why i I'm just like, whenever guys have, you know, like, like you put up hundreds of coon in the season, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to me to hear all the little details and how you do it.
0: Yeah. Another little trick of the trade. That's probably been said by a lot of other people, but for somebody that might not know is a push pull trigger versus the pull only. Um, if you got a pull only trigger, you can stick a lot more bait in there. You know, even if you do get a mouse, you stick too much in the push pull triggers, you end up getting toe catches because they'll, when they reach in to push down, they'll set it off just pushing down food on top of it. Okay. I noticed, I noticed that too. You really got to watch that. Yeah. So, um, did so I start getting toe catches and then the bell kind of went off in my head? So, yeah. So the, you amount, said if the amount of bait that you put yeah. in
1: there can make a difference.
0: Yeah, I fill it with the push-pull triggers. I fill it just above the trigger, just, you know, just enough in there now. And if you're using a pull-only trigger, I know some people do because of that, they can fill it right to the top of bait. Okay. And then even if the mice, even if the mice eat half of it out, you know, you still got half the bait in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it, animal. If yeah. Just having his pod in there a short ways and, and pushing that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah learn that the hard way.
1: Now you're trapping like oh. almost. I'm assuming you're all private land where you're at.
0: Yeah, actually, hundred percent private land. Um, funny little story. Yeah, all private land. When I'm waiting in, in you know, a hauling corn to the grain elevator here, and I'm waiting in line with the grain trucks, you'd be surprised the people that come up to your window and say, "Hey, you still, you still trapping coons?" <laughs> and yeah. Well, I got, I got a lot of land a lot of cornfields you could trap around kind of say yeah you and everybody else i said i can only said i'm only a one man job here I can only get there so fast and you'd be surprised the hundred dollar bills that come through the window
1: really here
0: you- first, first several tanks of gas on me if you get there this year you, yeah nice. i mean it's honestly it's, it's, there's quite a problem with them in
1: our area so it's to the point where people are willing to pay to have people trapped
0: it's to the point where
1: i go now where where they pay for my gas nice
0: because well, the coon price is so low that
1: well i was just gonna yeah. mention that because uh yeah. I, actually tonight while i was sitting on the tractor raking hay um i i got on youtube and i uh i saw that guy Grunwald gave a talk at the wisconsin i think it was the wisconsin trappers meeting yeah actually i
0: just got back from there yesterday oh you did
1: okay so you you must yeah have i that. didn't I,
0: no i did not watch his his uh summer seminar demo whatever it was i uh I got sidetracked and missed it, but, uh, no, I just, I just got back from our convention.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so it it sounded like, uh, you know, unless the Coon are really prime, um, and and just right, it's really going to be a tough market again. So,
0: yeah, like I said, last year, I only, we only skinned about half what I got. Um, I, I, I just get to these people that are paying hundred dollar bills and stuff. I just get there and make them happy. And, take the you know take the best of the best and leave the rest kind of you know yeah i mean i mean they want them all dead obviously but you know not gonna i can't be skinning a coon and not even a lot of times they'll just show up on your sheet is no value and they'll throw them away up there so exactly you just
1: worked right you just worked yeah (laughs) to put up that fur for nothing
0: yeah yeah Yeah, the smallest coon smallest coon i sold last three years is a 2x really yeah, all, all mostly threes and fours. You get quite a few fives in there, even. Yeah. So never never caught one at 30 pounds, but caught in several at 29. I've always wanted to get a 30, but.
1: <laughs> that's a big, big coon that's probably been eating a lot of coons. Yeah, now. they're big.
0: Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten a couple. It's like, oh, this one has to be it, and it's always 29. Yeah. Well, just can't quite get that 30. <laughs> I've seen another guy that traps pretty close to me four miles down the road he caught a 32 about 10 years ago he brought that down a five-gallon bucket there was no room left in the five-gallon bucket really so yeah big tune
1: now when you do them do you you just green skin them and take them to the truck or do you put them up
0: no it's actually another that's actually one of my main expertise more than trapping is the fur handling okay um no everything gets dried and sent to fur harvesters now um i always always had started off as napa switched to fur harvesters about 10 years ago and uh been there ever since
1: was it your grandpa that taught you how to put up fur too
0: uh yes it was and actually i do my, my brother does quite a bit of chaplain too and we always work in the fur shed together and we actually do quite a bit of uh, uh you know black bear hunting's big around us yeah they're just north of us too and we do a lot of do a lot of scraping of them for people, skin out the paws and the claws and scrape them. And then we send them in the at the end of the year for people. And, you know, we kind of a little side income there too. So yeah, no, fur handling, definitely kind of my expertise. Do a lot of, a lot of neighbors shoot a coyote during deer season and you know, and they'll a it, a rug made out of it. So we'll skin it out form, and flush it dry and send it to oil, and then give it back to them and yep. nice. things like that. And I know we actually do quite a bit of that or I call that my specialty I'm really really picky on my fur handling I like to look just perfect when it's done
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of pride yeah. that goes into that
0: huh. yeah even the, even the skunks I always uh ward them out nice and then uh, lay the tail down and put uh, like some hardware cloth over it and you know comb out the fur so that when it dries it dries it looks like it has you no know, tail looks twice as nice as it really is and just take a lot of pride in the fur handling aspect of it yeah
1: how long will it usually take you to put up a coon
0: uh when we're uh when we're rolling hard they just get they just get skinned and thrown into the freezer and then uh you know in about february or january march i take them out and flush them and dry them yeah. um i don't know how long it takes you skin them honestly never timed it uh I don't know, a few minutes each to skin one, maybe two, three, four minutes, something in that area. Depends on just depends on how tough they are it seems like the bigger they are, the tougher they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody that's done any number of coons, if you ever catch one with a bobtail, short tail, you know right away it's gonna be a tough one. It never fails. I don't know why. Huh. Yeah, it's kinda weird and I've talked to several other trappers in the area say the same thing. Always skin and flush hard, even up on by the neck when you're flushing it, it just scrapes off hard. Something with that must be if they're fighters or what they are. But
1: yeah, do you have and
0: you get the um, bigger boars?
1: Do you have dog hunters uh, in your area?
0: Uh, yeah, we actually do. Um, not for coon or uh coyotes, that's why I don't do any coyote trapping. Oh, really? Um, okay, yeah, it's actually. Dog hunters, which I'm not really complaining, but the dog hunters got them. They got them so far down that it doesn't even pay to set coyote traps. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, well, put it this way. We put out out about 12 trail cameras in our land and our two farms, and we get more pictures of bobcats than coyotes. Jeez, wow. Yeah, it's pretty rare, pretty rare to even get a picture of a coyote, you know.
1: And those, are, are those like, uh, those, those are a special breed of dog, right? That they use.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to use actually. my Brother went to school with the one, with the one guy that does it. Um, he's really good at it. They, you know, they don't run our land, but they kind of, kind of go everywhere around us. What, you know, whatever. I got nothing against it, but uh, they really put a herd on them. I mean, last year I heard those guys. Well, I know they put a herd on them because a couple guys that shoot with them drop the coyotes off at our place. <laughs> so, um, they just, they just give them to us. Yeah. Um, they, they, get uh, pretty, they, don't, they probably they just, get
1: pretty chewed up.
0: Huh? Well, sometimes they can. If, if they decide they don't want to skin them, then they drop them off by us. And then me and my brother will look at them and decide if we want to deal with them and you know, I've gotten nice ones out of it. They always take the real cream of the crop for themselves, and then they give us the rest to sort through, which is fine, but uh, I think last year we ended up sending in about uh, 18 of them that we decided to skin that they shot, and uh, we ended up doing alright on them. So.
1: Now, Wisconsin coyote, what is that, like $20, $25 average, usually? Or...
0: Uh, the ones we sent in, yeah, we averaged $27, but you know they they shoot 100 they shoot 160 of them last year and we only skinned 18. I don't know how many they wow. skinned. <laughs> yeah, they really put the hurt on. Them.
1: 160, man.
0: Yeah, they just I got pictures on my phone here. I mean, they just mow them down. Wow. So they're really if you get as soon as we get any little bit of fresh snow, they're out there running hard. Do they do any at
1: night or just all during the day?
0: Uh yeah, the one guy does. Well, a couple of them guys got thermals on their gun now and they're out there at night with that too yeah i mean they're really they're really cranking these things out it's amazing huh. so yeah
1: that's yeah i
0: don't i haven't i haven't set coyote chaps in probably six years just because of that not you know like i said not
1: not complaining it's just, about it <laughs> it's just not
0: yeah, not for me and they they do enough they they help out the population enough i, I guess i just don't see a need to be doing it so you, well, it
1: sounds like you have your hands uh, pretty full with the coons. Yeah,
0: we got enough other stuff going on, and like I said, they end up dropping them off anyways. So why why sit there and trap them if they're just going to drop them off? Yeah. So. Now, when you're trapping
1: coons, uh, do, are you uh, say you're going into a farm? Is it pretty easy to to nail down location where you want to set your traps?
0: Uh yeah. When the corn's standing, extremely easy. Otherwise, yeah, most of the properties I've trapped so many times and all that kind of got it figured out. We um, like said standing corn, look for trails going into the corn. That's the bread and butter of where I catch most of mine. Um, a lot of times, if there's a farm pond, farm ponds are always really good. Um, pick up occasional mink too. Doing that, you know, if yeah, you, you know, if I'm going down to a farm pond with a couple of DPS, you know, no reason I won't grab a mink trap and right. just for just you know extra fur. So, but, uh, no, you know, later it gets, it seems like they, uh, later in the year, once I started switching baits to more meat, they they come to the water that's open, you know, more. If you got ditches that are still running or creeks, yeah. I think you can get, uh, down into there more. So, another thing I do, I, I forgot to mention, is some of my dog proofs now, I've been spray painting them white, some of them, and that actually, seem to catch more skunks that way which is what i want really um yeah with the price of skunks in the essence i hate to turn down a skunk to be honest oh, yeah. with you
1: absolutely so what I'm is it about getting the water way water?
0: more what
1: what is it about the white that attracts them
0: i have no idea um i have no idea but if you put a white one and a brown one or whatever color next to each other the skunk will definitely go to the white one that i do know <laughs> um something with it um like I said, if I think there's a skunk around, I'll set a white one.
1: Wow, that's so I I never know that. Yeah,
0: average, average way more on skunks last couple of years plus the essence. Yeah. So I hate to, hate to honestly turn one down. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I got twenty-five dollars an ounce to selling the essence.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's getting. So, geez, it's getting expensive.
0: Yeah, that was just last year. The year before, I only got fifteen. You know, just recently here, I got twenty five dollars an ounce. Yeah. So. And yeah. Are amazing. They're That's usually. Uh, do
1: you, Do you have anything you like to do to keep them from spraying when you When you dispatch?
0: Uh, hopes and dreams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: No, I haven't. I haven't found anything that works. uh the best thing that works is the acetone with the syringe.
1: Yeah. Um, if, you, if you can do it.
0: If yeah. I got If I got time and I think I can do it, I do it. But sometimes I'm in a hurry and I just shoot it and want to be done with it, you know?
1: Yeah, and maybe it'll spray, maybe it won't.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. About 60% of the time they do. But if I got, you know, if it's a rainy day or I just feel like I got time or it's a real nice looking skunk, I'll, I'll, I always carry it in my truck. I'll get it out and do it. Just sometimes I just don't feel the time is worth it. So said so always always have it in there I always have that catch pole we have a sometimes you know you gotta release something too maybe yeah But I always carry that stuff
1: and so. you're not you're not doing many footholds for Coon, but you are using cages you said right
0: yeah i I actually don't use many cages anymore um most people now. Are happy with the dog proof system. Oh, okay. Um, it's once you explain it and they see how it works on their neighbors and everything else, they have no problem with them anymore. Cage traps are just so bulky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do keep a bunch around, actually, a bunch of places where I mow in the summer. Um, I trap a lot of coons out of gardens for a little extra cash, too. That's where I use most of the cage traps in the summertime, sweet corn and stuff like that. Oh, actually I grow a pretty good sized patch of sweet corn and sell it on a little roadside stand and I use my cage chaps in there a lot.
1: <laughs> I bet. <laughs>
0: they'll, yeah, they'll they'll eat they'll eat the whole field. Yeah. You wanna you, you wanna you protect get out of
1: there. You wanna protect that for sure. Yeah. I, I got a, a guy we don't grow ugh, nobody really grows any corn around here, just the it's so cold. The growing season's so short. Yeah. Um but there is an old guy he's in his 80s now and i i cut hay on his land and uh, he used to be a dairy farmer and he was able to grow corn and he he said he did he had such trouble with the bears uh getting into the corn that he'd plant like he'd plant a couple of rows of sweet corn just for the bears (laughs) oh yeah no that's uh that's a good bear
0: and then bear the, the rest out.
1: of his field would be feed corn, and they wouldn't mess with it, you know?
0: Yeah. That's another good thing you brought up there is actually the bears made me think uh, that's a good place to put uh, dog-proof traps, too. Once the bear hunters are done, trap them where them baits were.
1: Oh, okay, so you guys got baiting there, too?
0: Uh, not exactly right in my backyard, but about 50 miles north. Okay, where you got trees? <laughs> where I go. Yeah, I go up... Uh, um uh just a couple of good friends from town they got a cabin up north. That's where I go Fisher trapping. I'm just out of the fisher range here too. I gotta go gotta go a little bit north to get into the fishers. So when I get a fisher tag, I'll go up there and I'll trap all the old bear baits for sure. You can pick up quite a few coon doing that. I bet, yeah. So well, we only get a fisher one tag here every two or three years, so Really? Yeah. Yeah, one one tag per person about Ah, uh, you can get one every other year now. About maybe every third year. Yeah. So. Huh.
1: And Martin, same way with Martin, or do you have any Martin tags? Ah, uh, we have
0: we have no Martin season. We have a Martin protect. There's actually a few areas up north. Uh, they're called Martin protections areas. You can't even use kind and stuff. I don't. I don't know all the rules. I've never trapped in it, but I think you got to use like cage traps and cable restraints only. Okay. Or we got a wolf trapping season now and I think they can use those, but they got to have like six pounds or something. Don't quote me on that, but they got to have a pretty heavy pan tension. Yeah. So, yeah they just, just opened up wolf trapping this past year. Again, it was open <laughs> previously. It was closed down for a few years.
1: Yeah. It just keeps going back and forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So, I mean, there's a lot. There's really none in my backyard yet, but, like I said, not very far away. They're really picking up.
1: Yeah, if so, they're not if they're not hunted or trapped, they they can do pretty well. They can they're they can, they're very successful.
0: Um, yeah, they are, and they really do. A, I go up, I go up north, way up on the UP border deer hunting. I got another buddy that's got a cabin up there, We're like seven miles from the UP border, and I go up deer hunting. Not because deer hunting is better; it's not even close to better, <laughs> but not. Not that big into deer hunting, but I always pull all the traps for four or five days and go up there for deer camp. A bunch of older guys, and I just really enjoy it. But the last couple of years I go out, I see more wolves than deer. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're coming in. Yeah. So, I mean, usually we come back in, both eat like a brunch. We come back in and we always, whoever sees the most wolves, you know, it's kind of a game. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing.
1: So now when when all this stuff is wound down and, and things are slow and winter's here, uh, you transition to muskrat trapping.
0: Yeah, once the coons slow down, the crops are done and everything. And I got a lot what I call a lot more free time. Still got a lot of things to do, but I got more time then. And I, yeah, I transition into muskrat trapping. Sometimes sometimes I can get lucky and get a week of open water before I have to go under the ice, but yeah, most of my musket chippings under the ice due to the time frame.
1: How much ice are you looking so, at chipping through?
0: Uh, I usually chip until it gets eight inches, and then it's just too much work, and I quit. <laughs> I, I, uh, hear I can't you. <laughs> can't find nothing anymore either. You know, it's hard yeah, to find the run.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: When you get that first ice and that first snow, I'll take you know I'll trap you know open water if I can, and then. I kind of mark where the runs are when it freezes, and then when I run out of stuff I pre-marked, I'll uh, I'll take a whole day right before it freezes or right the day after and go pre-mark stuff. And then when I run out of pre-marked stuff, I'll uh, actually we get that little bit of snow dusting on there. Found out if I take a leaf blower, I can just kind of blow the snow off and <laughs> find great. the runs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it works works pretty works pretty slick until the snow gets you know wet and heavy, and then it doesn't blow off. And you're looking if for you get out there looking for bubble trails, and you know if the ice is thin enough, you can see right down to the dirt and see their runs and stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I kind of, kind of do that as long as I can put up with it, and then I call it a year.
1: How do you mark them?
0: When I pre-looking. Yeah. I just mark it like a wooden stick with a little orange flag on. Yeah. I kind of just go about that that route. Oh, and that's all pretty much one tens on a uh, stabilizer, those long stabilizer rods. So and I paint the tops of those orange, so they oh, they always stick out of the ice anywhere from six inches to two feet out, you know, and just kind of go from there.
1: Now, are you using like a hags bracket or a spring clip or something like that?
0: Uh, I will use a lot of hags brackets for baited sets underneath the ice. So.
1: But your stabilizer, That's stabilizer rods are those going through any type of uh, uh, a clip, or are they? How do they attach to
0: them? Uh, the? the stabilizer rods. I should have explained. They're just the ones where the trap goes into them. Forget what they even call them, but like uh, it just holds the one ten, like a kind of like a T-handle on top. Okay. You know, like three thirty stands are used for beavers and stuff. They're just for one tens instead. Yep.
1: Yep, I've got some yeah.
0: yeah, that's what I use mainly and then I do some baited sets in the deeper water. I have not found a very good way to do that. Um <laughs> a lot of, a lot of sprung off and empty traps. Really. I did find out if I put like I use like a baby carrot or apple or potato or something. If I zip tie it, take a small plastic zip tie and I'll zip tie it to the fiberglass rod. And I'll run the pan high, like half inch above the jaws. That's that's what I've had the best luck with.
1: Okay, how far they got to fight for like, it a little bit more. Do you like the the bait quite a ways up from the trap?
0: No, I found out if I keep it a little bit lower, I've been having better luck. Probably two and a half inches up.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So I haven't really found a very good way to do that. Seems like you get a lot of checking a lot of empty traps.
1: Well, it seems to me like any time you have a run where you can make a blind set, you're way better off anyway.
0: Way better off, yeah. I made it set to like my last resort.
1: Have you ever put bait on the triggers of the
0: 110s? Yeah, I have. Um, I actually had better luck using 159s doing that. Okay. Seems like you get less misses. I got a bunch of – I'll take springs off some of my 160s, and I'll do that. You know, I have a lot better luck seems like just bigger and better yeah um yeah one time seemed almost too small for that in my in my opinion on my my testing yeah
1: now have you ever Probably tried small. flagging tape? uh no I have not I tried it one year and it actually worked but um really i, I was kind of surprised yeah i I saw it somebody yeah. had a YouTube video where they they just put flagging tape on the uh, i don't know a, a strip of flagging tape like you know four or five inches three four inches long and just tied that to the trigger so it was like this you know and it was like white or pink yeah
0: and it's just this,
1: yeah it's just something that's bright down there under the ice and and
0: uh i always always got it in my side anyways for marking runs and stuff right never even thought about using that
1: <laughs> yeah i tried it just to see if it would if it would work, I, I kind of didn't believe it myself, and I I caught a muskrat on it, and then I was like, oh, cool, it works. And then I went and set like a dozen after that, and I didn't catch another one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never had very good luck with baited sets. So I don't. Yeah. I, uh, I'd like to, like to talk to somebody sometime that does.
1: The other thing that I've noticed with just comparing it to like under-ice beaver trapping is if you – you know, no matter what you're using for bait, if you're a foot from the run where they're constantly traveling, you're almost always going to have, you're going to have activity there. You're going to probably make a catch or at least have an animal there. If you're four feet from the run, you could go a month and never have anything even to look at the bait.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're about right. I usually, the snow away around the huts and then find out where look where I can see the most bubbles coming up if I can't find the run then I'll put a beta set in but you know you're kind of in a relative area in the first place and yeah kind of seems to be the best way to do it um I honestly i probably get I don't know five ten percent catch rate on those ten percent if I'm lucky I set for every ten I set if I get one rat I'm happy
1: Whereas your blind sets, you're probably like ninety percent.
0: Yeah, seventy five at least. You know. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well, uh, like to use colony traps too before it, you know, before it freezes. Especially, I'm really good luck with those too. You can get pick up two, three, four at a time. So,
1: are you guys able to trap inside the hut?
0: Nope, can't uh, disturb or molest the hut is what it words as. So we gotta. Yeah, I don't. I don't touch them because I don't. You know they kind of got a gray area there by the way the wording looks. So I just stay away.
1: Do you ever see any push-ups? Have you ever seen that?
0: Yes, I have. Those are always really good too.
1: Okay, and you guys can drop those probably.
0: Yep. Yeah, those are always really good areas. Or like uh, a lot of times. If you can get out there before it freezes you'll see where they got a bunch of chewings up on a floating log or something. You always have really good luck around those. Yeah. Picked up you, a lot picked people, up a lot of mink doing that too.
1: You're using footholds in that situation?
0: Yeah, all uh one and a halves. The, I use actually in open water I use I use the eggs back on the one and a and I use the rods, the fiberglass rods for that and then uh stick it away and when they jump off the log they just drowned yeah i use the one and a half a little bit more weight to it found out that that works better than the number one
1: so the the trap is kind of like on on just under the water where they're coming on or off the log
0: yeah okay Yep. and then uh once they go to jump off they can't swim with that weight of the trap and they expire
1: yeah so it's like like the old timers used to chop a little chop like a depression in the log so that the trap could set on there and they try to keep the trap on there maybe kind of nail it on halfway or something here what you're doing is you're putting the trap right there but you're just using a, a rod yeah. to stabilize it instead with a bracket
0: yeah if you, you know with them haze brackets and them rods you can just slide it up and down wherever you want it yeah you're good to go yep. yeah those cool. are really those are really those are really helped me out or oh, even at like the end of a the end of a cement culvert in a in a ditch in a field you know you can just use that hags and that one and a half set it on the edge and you can get a lot of mink running up them culvert edges and stuff
1: yeah yeah that's a great idea for stabilizing cuz you do oftentimes you won't have a good flat area to set your trap down on
0: yeah, yeah i don't do much make very limited mink trap and only if it falls right in front of me um, no, really no value to the things and I, I just don't, just don't pursue them. Do you guys oh. have a lot of water? Um uh, yes and no. We have a couple of years ago, we had a lot of flooding, a lot of water, but, uh, I mean, we have, we have a lot of water, but just, it's all lakes, you know, really not many ditches and creeks. Okay. So everything just kind of freezes. Um, you know, even beavers, I mean, I trap six, eight beavers a year sometimes. That's it. It's just for nuisance work. I mean, there's just not that many beavers in my area.
1: It's amazing how much that can vary from place to place.
0: Yeah, like I said, if I get even some places where I mow lawns in the summer, all of a sudden you really get into the beavers. But, you know, if it's not for a nuisance job, I just can't justify driving over there. Yeah. Stick with the coons.
1: Yeah, and the rats are... It sounds like the price is going to be pretty good for rats again this year. So.
0: Yeah, last year I averaged uh six oh five on the last batch I sold.
1: You guys have a really I good rat pick... there.
0: Well, Andy, I remember most of mine are caught under the ice, so they're all really nice. Yeah. I actually had uh, 19 of them in top lots. Huh, wow. So yeah, it's the last batch I sent in was 251 of them, and 19 of those were in the top lot. I got like eight bucks a piece for them and then the rest of them averaged 605 pretty happy with that
1: yeah jeez,
0: that was on the that was just on the july auction here
1: yeah
0: well i had some in the first auction too um didn't do as good a nose but still did good still got like five bucks i think or just under 494 or something sounds familiar yeah. so which wasn't bad carried everything else
1: no, and and at the time we weren't even sure if fur would even would sell.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was real real happy with my last batch there. I think I might actually go after old a little harder this year and lay off the coons maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Then I think then... I'm just gonna. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have even more hundred dollar bills waving at you at the, yeah. at the grain the well, green that's. <laughs>
0: That's all I'm doing this year is my own properties and and the people with the people paying me for gas otherwise I'm not not even gonna mess with it yeah so, just doesn't pay yeah.
1: that's a good not it, when I it's a good position to be in where you can choose that are are there a yeah. lot of other trappers around to for competition ah
0: uh, yeah there ain't. there is, but nothing a lot of them are just you know. They just go out and trap, you know, a few rats and stuff. A lot of coyote traps. Seems like everybody wants to be a coyote trapper in my area.
1: They do now, but they probably won't after this year's uh, fur market results. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, the last 10 years, it seems like people want to start out trapping. They want to go right into coyotes. Exactly, what it,
1: yeah. that's I've seen I've noticed I've been, that too. It used to be everybody I've been started noticing with muskrat that, yeah. or uh, Yeah. coon, and now, now they want to start coyotes.
0: So I got a lot of coyote trappers, but not hardly any muskrat trappers. So I kind of got a lot of areas. I mean, you see them. Don't get me wrong, but they're not. Not like it was back in 2013. Yeah. When the rats were 12, 15 bucks. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did did you were you able to catch a lot during that time period?
0: I caught. Yeah, I I, I did pretty good that year. Not as many as I've been getting the last couple of years, yeah. but uh, I did, uh, I did well. So I was pretty happy with the results from that year. Yeah. But that was, you know, I was doing a lot of coon trapping then, too, and coons are high even too, you know.
1: Yeah, coons, boy, there were thirty and forty dollar coons at that time, weren't there?
0: Oh yeah, we could easily average over twenty five with our with our coon here.
1: Yeah. That's that can add oh. up.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, I really did.
1: And you were able to sell them all. You even able to sell the the smaller ones. Oh yeah, you could
0: even you could even sell larges that year. You know, yeah. which we don't we don't catch many larges. That's pretty rare. We even get one small enough that it'll only stretch a large, but every now and then you do. But most of ours will at least stretch an extra large. Most of them. But I don't even I'm not even skinning the extra larges anymore. I kind of just know by looking at it if it'll be a two X, and that's kind of where I start. Yeah, yeah. it's a shame, but oh, it, seems, it is. it Yeah, it is a shame. I mean, a lot of nice, a lot of nice one X coons. You know, they just have no value.
1: Yeah, if you have no market, there's, there's not much you can do with them. Yeah, no, you can only, you can only tan. Can only get so t- exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can only oh. send so many of them to Moil.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I actually skunk. I got you know I tan I tan a bunch of them every year. I got no problem selling those tan. Oh, it yeah. seems like well, they are kind of uh, that's why I said I, I just can't afford to turn down a skunk anymore. I mean that's where that's where it's all at. Yeah, do Didn't,
1: you do never you sell thought them of a
0: skunk trapper? Yeah. Ah, uh, the tanned ones. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I got people that asking for them. Nice. But uh, nobody wants a tanned raccoon, it seems. You oh, know, you can sell maybe, <laughs> you know, one or two a year. But the skunks, you know, you can sell them no problem. Yeah. I mean, those, those will fly out the door. As soon as I get them back, they're gone. Yeah. yeah
1: they're-
0: well, I don't have Facebook or nothing, but my brother does, and he'll put them on there, and they'll be gone within a week. So, yeah, it's amazing. And then you got $25 an ounce and essence, you know, we did pretty good on them. Yeah, absolutely. But how we do? Yeah, a lot, like I said, a lot of the newer trappers around here getting into coyotes. And then I've been teaching a lot of them how to skin them and plush them and board them. And I've been helping out a lot of younger people do that, which is, which I enjoy doing. So.
1: Yeah, do you have a pretty active trappers association there?
0: Yeah, actually, Wisconsin got a really good. Our convention was a really good turnout again. Oh, so actually, I went. To, I went to the national this year too with Iowa. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was. A, I'm a lifetime member of the state, national. So. so
1: that wasn't your first nationals, probably that you've been to.
0: No, first one I went to was actually in '97. I was in Rochester, Rochester, Minnesota. That was my first one. Yeah. And I've probably been. Maybe not quite every other year, but something similar to that since then. Yeah. Um, favorite one there when they're in Escanaba.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that one.
0: And yeah, coming back there in 23, can't wait. Nice. So,
1: yeah, in Ohio maybe I'll make next it to year. The
0: yeah. yeah, the Escanaba one's always, that's always a really good show.
1: I've, uh, I've driven across. The country a few times, and the only place that really reminded me of home was driving there through the UP.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. I go. No, I've gone snowmobiling up there multiple times. It's it's fun. But yeah, it just seems like the Escanaba just Just well, the weather's always really nice too. Down in Iowa, I mean, it was knocking out a hundred degrees every day. Yeah. Did, did you have
1: air I mean, conditioning was, there?
0: No, no air conditioning. It was brutal. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, it was it was not it was not pleasant, but I've been to worse, I guess. To when, I think one year they had it in Kansas, so that was horrible. Was it? Yeah, it was over it was like hundred and eight, one hundred and nine oh. or something. I mean it was that was ridiculous. I don't know if you know uh, Greg Schrader from Fruit Harvesters. Yeah. He's our a- he uh, he always does skinning demos, and you should have seen the flies and stuff around his oh, equipment. Yeah, I bet yeah, that. it was bad. He he says we got to find a better place. <laughs> so. he uh, he actually lives about twenty five minutes from me.
1: Oh no, kidding!
0: So, I, yeah, and he's like the he's the actual fur grader, so I talk to him a lot. Oh, I
1: bet that's really informative. Yeah, it's
0: really interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh very fortunate to live that close to him.
1: Yeah, because our well the
0: fur harvester's auctions in Cambridge, Wisconsin here. So I'm about I'm about forty forty five minutes from that, and he's in between me and that, so it works out good.
1: Okay, so you can uh, you got you got no problem. You know you don't have to worry about shipping uh, or no. I or actually, finding a pickup uh, location.
0: No. Yeah, once or twice a year, I just drive it right down there. I can be down there and back less than two hours. Yeah.
1: And that's like, is really, that right across the border uh, from uh, North Bay?
0: Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, southern Wisconsin here. Um, it's probably about half hour north of the Illinois border. Oh, okay. Okay. So um,
1: that, that's one of their, their – uh, Depots. yeah actually
0: the yeah the Napa depot was in Stoughton
1: that's what I'm thinking of okay
0: yeah yeah no this is not far from Stoughton this is the fur harvester depot now okay so yeah no it's not very far it's, from no. Stoughton yeah okay yeah he actually Greg used to work at Napa for a while and then he uh went to fur harvesters so he went there the same time I did I got to know him and when he switched to Fur Harvesters, that's when I switched. Before they went, before NAFTA went under, I switched. Yeah. I said about 10, 10 years ago. I said, I've always, always liked talking to him. And he said, oh, I'm moving to Fur Harvesters. You should move there. Well, I said, well, I said, you're the man. So that's where I'm moving. So. <laughs> I, it,
1: it is, it's always interesting to me to have someone like that look at my fur and tell me, you know, exactly what they're looking at.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I first, when I first started out, you know, you know he'd always look through it, you know, and tell me what I can do better to get more, and that that's kind of where I learned a lot about the fur handling too. Yeah. Uh, he would always tell you where to put your time and where not to, you know. Yep. That worked out good over the years.
1: Yep. Just depending on what the, you know, you don't know what the buyers are looking for, but they, they, all those guys do.
0: Yeah, and it, it changes. I mean say every couple of years you know the put up on certain animals could be slightly different than you were doing you know for what the market wants yeah so, a couple good tricks on coyotes you know he, he said a lot of them coyote boards are just like a standard width well he he talked me into the adjustable ones. he said you just adjust every coyote you know every coyote might have to be a little bit different adjustment you know you get it right where the fur line on the belly and the side changes, you know, you always adjust it. So that's right on the outside of the board. You know, you show me if people do it wrong, what it looks like, and vice versa. And you can, there's a big difference. So, I mean, just a couple of little tips make a big difference, especially in coyotes.
1: Yeah. 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 You could, you could change your grade just by that little bit of width.
0: There. Just by, yeah, if you adjust, he said you can lose $10 in a coyote by having your stretcher half inch too wide. Something as simple as that. That just because I'm fortunate enough to live by. I mean, I learned it over the years.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Well. Yeah. Any, oh,
0: any other questions there?
1: You know, that was pretty good. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to do this. And.
0: Uh, yeah, no problem. This is
1: a unique, just a another part of the country that I I haven't had any experience with. So it's kind of neat to hear about your line and what you got going on there
0: yeah, yeah i never been to maine i've been thinking about coming up there bear hunting sometime but yeah well, so that's kind of my second that's kind of my second thing besides traveling is bear hunting i really like bear hunting
1: okay yeah
0: well so i go to ontario and everywhere minnesota up i kind of do it wherever i can so
1: yeah well maine's a great place there's t- yeah tons it is and tons and you, tons guys of got, you guys
0: got you guys got you shoot two per license now, can't you?
1: Yeah, and you can shoot one yeah. and trap one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. You can get two bears now. Yeah. So uh,
1: if you, uh, yeah, that's another another case. If you ever want to try trapping one, I, I, it's funny. I, you know, I live here and I could do it, and I just never find the time that time of year to, to actually do it. But every year I tell yeah. myself, oh, I gotta, I gotta get out, get a bait out, and, and trap a bear this year. Um, one of these years.
0: Yeah, I've be i the, the same board as you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, That's like, like the middle of the summer, like uh, convention time. If if there's three sunny days, sunny seventy five degree days in a row, you know, where exactly where I'm gonna be.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> in some years, Not like this year, here. we didn't get very many windows to to make hay. I mean, we really didn't. Oh yeah,
0: it. we had a we had a really good year for making hay. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't have no problem making hay this year. And it's been years in the past when you fight and struggle, but it's actually the last couple of years now been really nice for making hay. Yeah. But no, I know what you mean. Sunshine and kinda what you know, that's kinda why I started going to Ontario. You know, I think it cost me about twelve hundred bucks or eleven hundred bucks or something. But they do all that for you, all they do is go up there and hunt and then once you get there for that week, you know, then you you take over the bait and once you get there, okay. but, you know, baiting here in your home state, a lot of extra running around.
1: Sure is, especially, like you said, About if every... you're 50 miles away. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually where I go bear hunting is more than that, but 150, where I, where I go, that's where that guy has the property. Um, yeah, I got to run up there, run and get bait, run up there every weekend and check cameras and more bait. and so. Yeah, actually, sometimes you just rather really off, just pay the guy up in Ontario and just go. Yeah. So, yeah, and I say what up there, you can just go every year. You know, you don't have to have points or nothing else. Well, Maine's the same way. Yes, yeah, same way here. But here in here in Michigan and Wisconsin and Minnesota, you got to have points. I hmm. so, actually do for uh, do for another Wisconsin tag real soon, and another Minnesota tag real soon. So I probably won't go to Ontario for a while. <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, Maine is Maine definitely on the bucket list. So
1: yeah, you'll probably do it. You'll do it once, and you'll probably want to come back. It's a, yeah,
0: that's what I'm afraid of. Probably want to stay up there and chat Fisher and Martin. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that
0: always sounds fun.
1: The only problem you is it's, hard, it's a little ways away. It's a drive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have to drive. Yeah, we like I said we can't trap. There is some Martin in our state, but they're protected and you know, Minnesota and the UP they can trap like one or two or whatever it is a person, but non residents can't, so Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I complain right. I
1: complain we can only get twenty five here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't even get one. <laughs>
1: We can get twenty five oh, fisher yeah. now too. Oh, really? Yeah, that just changed. They had it at ten, and they went up to twenty five. But um...
0: yeah, I, our uh, our fisher population is actually really well. I mean, actually, you can catch them in them dog drills. To be honest with you, can you really? Yeah, I mean, I haven't tried, but I've caught them in there on yeah. accident. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's your go to set, but it does work. Huh. I've had it release a couple. Well, yeah, they're pretty. Well, I think I think the, the push pull trigger. I don't I don't know if the pull only would work. Yeah. Not sure. Actually, you can catch a red fox in the push pull too. Can you really? That's <laughs> rare, rare. But you do. Yeah. Huh.
1: About
0: every about every thousand coon, you might get one red fox at the most. You know. But I mean, it does happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, like I said, that's probably with the push trigger. You know, you ain't gonna. I don't think to pull a trigger, you're gonna catch a fox or a fisher, but
1: no, they just don't have the dexterity to, to no pull that.
0: Yeah, the fisher we never caught in the dog proofs. I've heard of several other people doing it too, uh, baited with fish, like just like a fish paste bait. Yeah, and those are nasty thing that's trying to release. I was
1: just, I was gonna mention that, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, they are. The first... They
0: circle around so bad.
1: <laughs> My first year trapping, I caught. Uh, during early, we have an early fox and coyote season, and uh, I caught two fishers. I had to release, and it was yeah, it was interesting being the first two animals I had ever released.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, we gotta release just about everything in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcats, you only get one oh, of them really? every you got to, several okay. years. Huh? Wow. Uh, yeah, badgers are protected, so you gotta Badger, release all of them. Jeez. Yeah that's a lot of a lot of release so that's that's another reason i'm not just not big in the coyote trap and you're gonna end up i mean i once in a while i'll set a half a dozen a dozen just to say i'm doing it again but you always catch badgers and bobcats and all that stuff too so you're always dealing with that yeah especially the bobcats i mean they're gonna have to up our tags here i would think
1: yeah you you start getting more and more incidentals it's a you know sometimes it can get to be pretty obvious that uh yeah we these guys don't yeah. need to be protected
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah that that's yeah actually we just got our season in the southern half of the state like i don't know what year it was 16 maybe or something or i don't even know the exact year It wasn't that long ago and uh boy since then wow they really boomed hmm. i mean i mean i talked to a another guy that does coyote by me he actually traps one of the properties next to me where he got permission pretty big property and he gets he said he catches two bobcats off that one property every year but I release them and go on yep
1: <laughs> well hey alex uh, right. th- thanks again man i appreciate it and Appreciate you driving yeah. driving over to where you could get better cell service.
0: Yeah, yeah. At, at the farm there. I could maybe talk for twenty minutes if I'm lucky and then it'll drop. I mean, I don't have a landline anymore. I got rid of that, so I figured I had to drive into town here. Yeah. Right on, Just we'll to have to meet you. here.
1: Yeah, have a good yeah. night and, and thanks again.
0: Yeah, you too. Yeah, have a good trapping season.
1: All right. You too. Take care.
0: Yep. Yep, yeah, bye.
1: Well, that's it for tonight's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And finally, it's time for the Cots Bros message of the week. Be sure to check out cotsbros.com for the latest clearances and specials. So I'm going to pull it up right now, go to Cots Bros, g- click on the shop tab, and go down to clearances and specials just to let you know what's on sale right now. These things pop up, and uh, they're they're just limited quantity stuff. And a lot of times they just go away, run out of stock, and so you got to kind of keep checking. And when there is something on sale, take advantage of it while you can. So there's seven items in the clearance specials right now: uh, 99 Coyotes, limited supply, um, and uh, that is a coyote lure. It's a liquid coyote lure. Midnight snack, uh, coon bait is uh, again limited supply. Those are on sale. Nine ounce is uh, I believe six bucks an ounce. Midnight snack is uh, seven dollars for I believe an eight ounce uh, container of that. Some double steak links and uh, soft ground disposable steak ends, uh, split rings. Those are all on sale. Uh, closeouts. Resharpened skinning knives. These are a smoking deal, guys. If you want to get some really cheap skinning knives, if you just like to use you know use them, and um, these are knives that come from a butcher. Plant and they're disposed, and they're they're resharpened. They work great. Uh, two bucks, a dollar a knife. Th- this is a closeout, so um, again, take advantage of that. You order a bunch of these if you can, uh, just to have in the fur shed. What a what a great thing to have for a super super cheap price. And Mill Creek lures running the line, dirt and water trapping basics DVD regular 25 bucks it's on sale for 20 or for 12.99 so uh, those are the deals right now so check them out at cotsbros.com thank you cotsbros for supporting the podcast thank you guys for listening in till next time keep on talking trap and keep on thinking trap and we'll catch you on the next episode